0: All right, welcome to the semi-monthly, semi-annual, kind of whenever we get around to it, uh, bariatric podcast. This episode is, we're having a repeat guest, so I'm with Dr. Bo Nikoy. Dr. Nikoy, thanks for joining us again. No problem, Matty. Thanks for having me. We talked about the first episode we did together. We talked about uh, several different subjects, and one thing you hit on, and you said that would be a topic for another podcast, was... Staffing, how do you grow your team as you go to 500 cases, 800 cases and beyond? In the last couple of years, you guys have added a third surgeon as you've gotten busier. Uh, You also have a general surgeon that runs office out of here. So I thought we would just take 10, 15 minutes and chat about what it's looked like for you and Blue to go from basically zero bariatric cases to almost a thousand. And what does that look like in terms of bringing people on board?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been an adventure. Um I'd say, you know, just kind of just recapping kind of where we started. Uh both my partner and I started off as as small town general surgeons in the Panhandle of Texas and um kind of got disenchanted with the employed life and uh made a made a pact to meet up in Amarillo for a, a bariatric clinic. Uh our first clinic had two exam rooms. Uh, a common workroom for both surgeons, a PA, a dietitian, and uh, some extraneous staff. We had uh, two people up front. Uh, So all in all, I bet we had uh, four full-time employees, a part-time manager, um, and then we had a part-time kind of uh, procedural technician that would come in and help us with some of our in-office procedures. You know, we had started uh, doing transnasal endoscopy and uh, neither one of us knew how to turn the machine on, so we had to basically hire somebody to turn the machine on for us. Um, but it was, you know, pretty small. Uh, I'd say four months into that, we realized that that was uh, a mistake uh, on on uh, uh, clinic space and then immediately started looking for um, a bigger space. Um, and then, you know, just kind of recap how volume grew. Uh, we, we started off, there were two established bariatric practices. So, you know, we were, we were fighting for scraps, uh, and I, I bet 80% of our practice when we first started was Medicare. Uh, but I've always viewed Medicare as, is, is uh, probably the much better than billboards, uh, here in the panhandle, you know, little, little old ladies talking in church, uh, are, are pretty, pretty dang good advertising. And so we, we basically grew our business kind of off the back of, uh, of, of, of always saying yes to Medicare, uh, and then developing a cash uh, uh, route for, for patients. Uh, and that was the, the two biggest growth elements. Um, you know, we, we at first, uh, the clinic manager was uh, a person of many hats. They, they did billing, they did the managing, they, uh, we, you know, we hired from within friend groups. Uh, and, you know, th- at first, it, it, it grew pretty organically and pretty slow.
0: Yeah. And that was what year? In 2013. 2013. Mm-hmm. And at what point did you guys say, we got to bring on a full-time manager?
1: 2013.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I I mean, you've you have told several stories about just the challenges of growing and growing pains and collections and suddenly looking up and collections was six months behind and you guys were running mm-hmm. out of cash. But- I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say, you know, in every bariatric clinic that we've been in, the practice administrator or the office manager always wears way different hats. You know, that position never looks the same in two clinics. Mm -hmm. So as you got to, I don't know if you can even put a case number to it, but what was the, was the, were there stressors on you in blue that you said, you know what, man, we got someone else needs to come in and do this. And when you hired a full-time manager, what were they doing?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say when we went to a full-time manager, I, I bet that was probably at the, the 150, 200 case a year mark. And, and that's about the same time we, we kind of pulled out of all general surgery call. And so we we evolved as a clinic, said, you know, there's enough bariatric need in our market. Um, we're gonna exit taking general surgery call, probably one of the best decisions of my life. Um, and at that same time, you know, we, uh, we were doing in-house billing. Uh, the The turnover rate was a little intimidating uh, on the billing side. We had a, a, a so basically just I, I think everybody kind of evolves through these things. But we had in-house billing, and then we went with uh, a different uh, EMR software. Externalized our billing, um, and then. You know two years into that or we you know you 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 kind of start calculating the the things you're missing out on on collections as a lot of these you know external uh, billing agency it's all about the first pass so if they they they're really good at at collecting on the first pass but uh, if there's any kind of hold up or rejection on the insurance company they just wipe it off the uh, off the books Uh, and so we actually you know brought brought all that that back in in the past um, eight months. And so, you know, currently we have that back in, in, in the house. Uh, but I think going back to your original question, what was the duty of the office manager? Um, uh, so at, at, I'd say up until three years ago, our office manager also kind of served as our, our closing, our closer, right? Mm-hmm. So they, you know, you have a patient that would meet with the, with the surgeon, you know, you know, go through all the details of, of the surgery, risk benefits, you know, just that initial visit, and then we would immediately take them uh, to what we called our bariatric coordinator, which was also our office manager, uh, and she would go through insurance with them. If they didn't have insurance, go through price, you know, financing options with them. Um, she'd probably, you know, have some some fantastic sales story that would, would close the deal. And she was good. Yeah, and she was good. She uh, was great. And uh, and that was kind of her main duties. Uh I think she 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 also wore the hiring hat uh, I think one weakness was the firing hat uh, um, and but we had we had basically given her uh, the ability to hire fire um, We were using our external uh, billing agency to provide reports as far as as collections but it, you know I'd say one of the big reasons we left that that external collection agency was we weren't happy with the reports they were giving us um, yeah so yeah and that was i I remember
0: that was uh your staff was probably around 14 15 16 at that point Mm -hmm. does that seem right yeah that was a few years ago and then as you guys are growing case volumes growing you i'm sure at certain moments you guys got together and said we are overstaffed Mm -hmm. is that did you have that conversation
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think anybody that walks through their office and finds five or six people on Facebook or uh, on social media, you, you start scratching your head or like, you know, are they waiting for something or are they just genuinely born and have nothing to do and I'm paying them to check their social media? I think that goes through every practice. Um, so you, you start going through and, you know, this is where we failed at your advice. You've always advised, advised us to have a structural organizational tree and define the duties of everybody, uh, associated with with a business. Um, I think the pushback we on the, on the clinic side always have is, well, you know, people do so many different things and, and, and what's your natural response to that?
0: To the comment that people do so many things? Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're, They're probably not doing much of anything efficiently, right?
0: Right. I think that's what we've seen is if, if it's, if it's everybody's job, then it's nobody's job usually. And then, you know, the status quo in every clinic that we've ever been in is everyone's so busy their hair's on fire oh my gosh we couldn't handle one more thing and if you drill down to what everybody's doing uh, if you put it on you know the schedule for the hours you have in a day that's typically not true or or if it is it comes in seasons um but
1: yeah i don't know what's the best way to starve a dog <laughs> i don't know what is it tell tell two different people to feed it right <laughs> <laughs> so now it seems like
0: you guys have. Do you know what your total headcount is here now?
1: Yeah, currently at uh, I think 24 employees, and that's including we. And I'm sure we'll go through this, but the evolution is uh, we 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 pulled our office manager out of coordinating, uh, brought in a, a dedicated coordinator that wasn't dealing with you know the office headaches um, or coordinator slash sales closer. Uh, and then ultimately, we, we ended up bringing in a CEO to, to really uh, capture numbers, uh, to hold efficiencies uh, accountable, to organize all the other kind of business avenues that we had explored, and uh, and basically takes our, our dreaming mentality and, and puts it on paper and makes it a reality. Uh, I th- uh, Four of those employees are, are dedicated billing uh, so insurance verification and billing, uh, we have uh, one uh, one person that is specifically for authorizations, uh, pre, you know preoperative authorizations. Um, we have one dedicated employee that specifically tracks the uh, the the entire voyage of a patient through our clinic from initial consult to surgery um we we have an on site store uh with vitamins and other products so a full time employee there we have two two at check in we have two at check out um middle I'm missing middle yeah, level. So, yeah two so we have three nurse practitioners well two two nurse practitioners and a half time nurse practitioner uh full time dietitian full time nutritionist at this point but she kind of co manages the store so she Runs a store, gives vitamin advice, but she's also a, a trained trained nutritionist. Um, sure, I'm leaving out quite a few in there. Yeah, that's a pretty
0: good list. And <clears throat> you know, if you're another, if another physician or clinic listens to this, you know, the big difference is you guys run a quote comprehensive program. So, you know, huge difference in do surgery and there's not tons of follow up, but you guys not only have a pretty robust. Non-surgical program, but you have a pretty robust follow-up program as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, just like any bariatric clinic, long-term follow-up tends to stink, um, but we, you know, we we strive to to go above and beyond to to keep patients engaged, um, and that's a little bit to do with with you as well. Uh, so we're, you know, we're keeping them kind of online engaged and uh, engaged through the drip campaign which I think pushes our, you know, our one month, three month, six month, nine month follow up to a higher percentage than the average clinic. And, you know, that's one thing I'd beg people to look at. You know, most as surgeons, you know, we, it's not something we particularly specialize in in long term follow up care. Um, but it, once you start running the finances of retention of those patients in your clinic, I think it's it behooves people to, to put a lot more emphasis into that um so you know we're we're running we're probably managing you know three to four thousand people in the the post-operative process um we we have a full-time uh uh, not we we call it the rewire program so it's a non-surgical program um that that specifically focuses on nutritional education i think at any time we have probably you know uh, we probably average forty-five to fifty patients in that health coaching program, uh, up to sixty. Uh, and there's a, there's a, some subtle nuances there. We're we're probably bringing in a lot more to, to that because we we give them the first visit for free. So there's a there's a lot more busyness there than than the the you know the the long term retention in that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know just the the other ancillary service lines that we that we offer too. You know. Uh, um, if anybody knows Mickey Seeger down in San Antonio, he, he talked me into buying a DEXA machine. Uh, so we've incorporated that into our practice. We have a full-time employee that manages that schedule and is also kind of the health and health and wellness long-term care coordinator. Um, but yeah, we've, we've incorporated a lot of that long-term follow-up into the clinic. Mm-hmm. Also, <clears throat> I thought of this, but don't want to forget,
0: No, you know, I don't think every clinic would say, oh, yeah, well, we should hire a CEO to run the company. You guys also have several entities running out of here. That CEO also has lots to do with the surgery center across the street, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. If you didn't have all those other things going and you didn't have the surgery center, could you still – would you still have the revenue to justify a full-time CEO?
1: That's a good question. Um, uh, I think you got to balance – money in your pocket versus lifestyle and overall enjoyment of your job. Uh, so now that I've tasted what it feels like, you know, I, I'd be more than willing to take a pay decrease for it. Uh, but if you'd asked me before that person was in that role, I don't know if I'd have said yes to it. Um, but, but, you know, and, and I had lots of conversations with you about this, like, you know, I'm, I'm drowning in checking credit card payments and and balancing loans and making sure payroll's done and, you know, things of that nature where, you know, I've been able to completely step out of that role and just be a surgeon and then and get home and, and get with my kids and family. And, you know, before I tasted it, I didn't know, I didn't know the value of it, but, but now that it's, it's in my life, I, mm. it'd be, it'd be hard for me to go without it.
0: Mm. <clears throat> Do you feel like the culture is really healthy here right now?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think a big challenge in any, any large clinic, you know, when you only have four or five employees, I don't think this is a big deal, but once you get, you know, 15, 20, 25 employees and, you know, man, I wish, I wish I knew the square footage of this place. What would be your guess? Oh my gosh. 25,000?
0: 25,000
1: square feet? I don't know. That seems, that seems a little big. I think you're, you're a man exaggerating. Um, but you know once we y you, you, you got the insurance crew that's kind of in one area you got the you know the nurse practitioners in one area the m a s in one area the front desk back desk you start getting a little little click a little clickish mm-hmm. and so we we do have to kind of really pay attention to getting those people together really getting them to share their ideas and and uh you know just left hand knowing what the right hand's doing type situation sure <clears throat> what's the biggest
0: threat to having a thriving bariatric practice or maybe a better question is what's the biggest threat to bariatrics in the near future?
1: Uh, biggest threat to bariatrics in the near future. Um, well, I mean, I think we all want as bariatric surgeons, we want to see the, um, the coverage from an insurance perspective, you know, whether that's having conversations with employers and helping them negotiate that into their package. Um, you know, as, as, um uh, uh uh you know government uh, backed insurance programs roll out and you know we see that kind of increase over the next 2 years or so you know will that have bariatric coverage um you know who knows uh so you know where do where does growth lie uh, i mean that's a that's a big question mark i i i think the big the biggest um you know when people have money to spend they they take care of themselves uh so the biggest threat would be a, would it would be a downturn in the economy you know if he with with raising uh, rising deductibles and max out of pockets your you know your insurance products are you know uh, th- that used to be a $1000 for a patient now it's 3 4 5 some of these employers are throwing in specialty contracts so you know you have a you have a specific bariatric deductible on top of your already placed you know max out of pocket and deductible with your family um you know, on the cash side, you know, we most of our growth has been in the in the cash component. Uh, so if, if if money dries up and people start holding on to it, you know, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest threat.
0: Mm-hmm. Last question. Out of everything that goes on here, what what reports or what metrics, what are you paying attention to each week or each month that just makes you feel good and warm yeah, and fuzzy yeah. inside? You're
1: talking about this on the surgeon side or, or the overall business management side.
0: Um I guess on the surgeon side that you know hey we've got we've got patients coming I know we've got volume on the way is there anything specifically specifically you're looking at that makes you sleep well at night Yeah what, what are so those
1: yeah uh, I think the biggest number is is how many people are coming through your clinic right so what's your new patient volume where is that compared to average but you know on the flip side of that is what's our conversion percentage so how many of those new new leads are being converted into actual surgeries Um, and then, you know, that's also where you come in, like how many people are in the funnel, you know, what, what's the interest out there? What's, uh, what, what people are searching for, how are we collecting their, uh, their interest and, and how are we nurturing that into a consult? So, you know, where I, I spend most of my time is, you know, what, what's our volume? What are, what are we seeing come through new patient wise? What's our conversion percent? Uh, because you can get thousand people in your in your door per year, but if your conversion rates twenty five percent, that's a that's a lot of dollar bills wasted on advertising. Um, so I I I view every patient that comes in like we we've, we've had to we've had to nurture that. Uh, I mean I think you would agree, right? Mm-hmm. At some point they've probably been nurtured to the point. What's what's the percentage of people coming through your? Can you disclose on your podcast how many people how many new patients coming? Into our clinic have been touched by Boost Bariatrics.
0: Hmm. Dang, okay. that's a good question. Total leads, you total online leads compared to versus people needs? that show up and it was a yeah. referral uh, hmm. that
1: basically had they didn't search for us on the internet. They don't. They don't. You know, you haven't collected their, their information. They they haven't gotten an email from oh from Boost Bariatrics. Sure. Well, there's about 40, 40 to fifty
0: percent of your consults don't come through Boost. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have that number right here, but yeah, so out of, if you don't care to disclose how many consults you guys did last month, you can... Yeah, no problem. So, you did 143 bearish consults, 87 of those came through Boost, so what is that? I'm bad at math. 40% or so did not come through Boost, so mm-hmm. those people, yeah, they called the number, or they, they visited but never opted in, or they were a straight referral, so
1: yeah but that's still a high high number right? absolutely so uh they're you know for the most part these people have been nurtured, and we've you know we've we've spent that money we've spent that time right. uh so you know for me to get that patient in my clinic and have that initial visit but not pay attention to what is said to that patient afterwards right. is a crime I mean you're basically throwing your money away right yeah uh so you know if if I could give advice to to anybody you know any of the people out there that you know, having that coordinator, you know, having that one person that, that is really good at relating to patients, that's really good at knowing the pathway, that's really good at uh, at knowing options, whether that be financial options, whether it be insurance options, consulting with them on, you know, a lot of people will come in with their husband wives and they have two different insurance products where, you know, the, the husband's plan has bariatric benefits and the wife's plan doesn't you know, it, our coordinators are able to say, hey, have you thought about, you know, moving this around to where you go on his product? Mm-hmm. And, you know, having a coordinator that just really knows and understands the the process, uh, because like I was saying, you can, you can get 1,000, 1,500, 1,600 patients in your door every year, but if your conversion rate doesn't eke out of the, the 30s, you know, that's a lot of That's a lot of consults to say in the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I like repeating myself over and over again, but it's it's definitely it's definitely more worth it if you can convert it to a surgery, right? Right. Um, Well, good. Okay, man. Thanks for your time again. No problem, Matty. All right.